Welcome to Middle Grade Mavens, where two author mums discuss their favourite middle grade books, provide recommendations and share insider industry tips for authors trying their hand at middle grade. Julianne Grasso is the author of the Frankie DuPont mystery series, cupcake enthusiast and part-time children's literacy wrangler. Pamela Eucherman is a writer, web designer and creative dance teacher who sometimes finds time for sleep. Both Julie and Pamela devour middle grade books, not only for research, but to share with their combined brood of four munchkins. Hi, Pamela, and welcome back to Middle Grade Mavens. Hello. For our 15th episode. That's right. One five. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I'm outside currently because the small child is at home. So hopefully we won't have an interruption to our Mavens episode today. But one never knows with small children. So Oh, well, there's either small children or loud birds. I'm going to put a loud bird yes. outside. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll dive in. Tell us, Pamela, what is the title of today's book? Today I'm reviewing um, Elizabella Meets Her Match by Zoe Norton Lodge and illustrated by Georgia Norton Lodge and published by Walker Books in 2018. And would you read the jacket blurb for us? Sure. It's hard to be good when your head is practically exploding with schemes. The hilarious Elizabella series is middle grade at its finest. Elizabella, ten and a quarter, is a poet, fixer of fairy tales and the biggest prankster in the history of Bilby, Bilby Creek Primary. And when her plans involve making a swimming pool in the playground without consulting a single teacher, the students are behind her every step of the way. But what happens when Minnie, an even bigger prankster, shows up? Can Bilby Creek handle them both? And more importantly, can they handle each other? Ooh, very naughty mayhem, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what would you class this genre as? Uh, I'd say it's contemporary fiction stash humour. I, I thought when I first saw it launch that it was junior fiction, but it's actually well into middle grade. Yeah. yeah. And what is the estimated word count? I, yeah, it's fairly short for middle grade, which is one of the reasons I thought it was um, junior fiction, but I, I'd say it's just under 30,000 words. I, I think we're not doing too bad with our estimates, but, you know. <laughs> mm. I think I was proven right by one of my previous estimates with one of the authors confirming, but um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'd say it's, it's about that. And what drew you to this book? Um, yeah, well, I, I think I've said before that I've written a funny junior fiction with a girl protagonist, so it's an area that I'm a little interested in just to sort of see what's out there. Um, but yeah, it turns out that it was actually funny middle grade fiction. So, um, yeah, I was happy to read it anyway. And... Hmm. So tell us about it. So Elizabella is a spunky character, as you can probably gather. She's a troublemaker, a poet and a fixer of fairy tales. She enjoys her role as infamous trickster and makes up for her trouble by writing sorry poems, which, um, yeah, can be quite funny. However, when Minnie comes along, Elizabella discovers that she's no longer the sole trickster of the school. But Minnie isn't getting into trouble, and that's because the principal, Mr Gobblethrop, is distracted by a little romance that's brewing with the tuck shop lady, Mrs Duck. Elizabella is scheming to keep the romance going, trying not to think about the fact that she like-likes her friend Huck, 
and trying to work out if Minnie is a friend or an enemy. Now, as I said, this is definitely more middle grade than junior fiction. Um, and, yeah, the inclusion of adult romance and kid crushes might put off kids who are not into that sort of thing, which is why I think it's sort of up in that area rather than junior fiction. Um, and there are a few references that would go up, go over the heads of younger readers. But, yeah, it's a fun book. Hmm. Yeah, it does sound like it. Yeah, it's definitely got the humour there. Yeah. So what was your overall enjoyment? Oh, I really like the character of Elizabella. She's a rebel, but she's a nice one. And she even likes poetry, albeit of her own flavour. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked it. It was a, It's a light book with lots of humour and there's a quite hilarious lizard, which I loved, and some other lovely characters, including her broody teenage brother, Todd Berry. So, you know, even though there was a bit of romance um, and there were a few things that were sort of, yeah, not, not really, I guess there were just cultural references that younger kids wouldn't get. Um, it was quite mild, but yeah, funny. And I, yeah, I did enjoy it. It was quite a good, quick, um, funny read. Yeah. Well, the fact that you think it's about 30,000 words, you know, this is music to my ears. So <laughs> yeah. I think we might have to pick this yeah. up. So who will love this book? What age would you recommend it for? Um, I think it will appeal to readers nine and up and boys and girls because it isn't the least bit girly even though it's, you know, got a girl protagonist and it doesn't look too girly. So, yeah, yeah, boys and girls. And do you think reluctant readers would enjoy this or is it for more confident readers? Um, yeah, I think this is a great one for middle grade reluctant readers. Um, and then there's a follow-up book coming out soon, so look out for that one. It's called... Um, Elizabella and the Great Tuck Shop Takeover. Hmm. Fantastic. Well, they do love a series in um, this age group. So, yeah, yeah, you've definitely got to follow it up with the, the, the next best book, don't you? Yeah, once you grab them, it's, it's good, especially with a humorous book. Yeah, they do want more. Hmm, there's a bit of um, toddler um, furniture removal happening in the background here. So I'm just going <laughs> to, okay. Keep going. Well, I think that's um, it for Pamela's 15th review. Yeah, so uh, what are you going to be reviewing today, Julie? So today's book is Pog by Padraig Kenny, published by Chicken House in April 2019. And I do have to um, make a disclaimer. I may have said his name incorrectly. Mm. Um, I think it's the Irish version of Patrick. So Mm. I'm going to hope. I have got it right because I will tweet Padraig later <laughs> to say we have done a, a review. So anyway, hopefully he's a very kind and forgiving person. <laughs> Irish names are always hard. I never know Irish names. It's really, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, Chicken House books, I, I love some of their books. So, um, yeah, yes. I'm excited to hear about this one. Can you tell us the, the back jacket blurb? Yeah, so... After their mother dies, David and Penny move to her family's old house in the forest. Dad says it's a fresh start, but it feels sad and empty without mum, and there are noises in the attic. A small furry creature is living in the roof. There are other creatures too, less friendly ones, that seem to be multiplying. Only with Pog's help can David and Penny save themselves and goodness in the world. If they can resist the promises of the dark. Oh, this definitely sounds like a Julie book. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, but I, it's hard to tell what, what the genre is. What genre is it? 
I am going to put it in um, middle grade magical realism. Okay. Which is, you know, a massive favourite of mine. But yeah, because it sounds like it I could think... be a thriller almost, but okay. Yeah, mm. uh, it was very thrilling. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think its genre would definitely be magical realism. Okay, and, and um, what's the word and... count on that? I am going to say definitely over the 50K, possibly be around 65, but as you know, we're never quite sure. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Quite yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what drew you to this book? Okay, so I am a huge fan of Chicken House Publishing. Mm. They seem to publish everything that intrigues me. So, I keep a really close eye on whatever they've got coming out. And when I saw the cover of Pog and read the blurb, I pre-ordered it immediately. Now, interestingly, the back cover, right at the bottom, they have a This Book in Three Words caption, which is Family, Fantasy and Heart. Then right beside it, they have a Try It, Read Page 19, which I think is such a fantastic um, way of guiding a young reader into a book. Mm. Yeah, mm. and like Giselle picked up the book and read the back cover and then she turned to page 19 and read it and after she read it, she was like, oh. <laughs> and I said, oh, would you would you like to read it? And she said, definitely. So there you go. I think they're, I mean, they're, they're not the only publisher doing this, but this method really does work because kids can get an idea of the tone and, and you know, how the story is in difficulty and what kind of text they'll be reading, mm. which I think is pure genius. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that on a couple of um, other books and they seem to be all books coming out of the UK. I don't know if it's, um, you know, under a particular umbrella of publishers or if it's a UK thing, but, yeah, I've noticed yeah. it on a few UK books and, yeah, it's, it's really great. You just turn to the back and, you know, you, yeah. you, you know what's inside it. So it's a great idea. Yeah. And it's probably, exactly. you know, helpful for booksellers and librarians as well because, you know, they can't read every book. So, um... No, and, I mean, <laughs> the fact that um, I, I tried it with a seven-year-old who's sort of, you know, probably a little bit young for this, mm. but she's, you know, very advanced, as we said, and she, you know, within doing those two steps, she she was, you know, really happy to read oh, it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so there you go. If you're a publisher <laughs> listening to Yay. our podcast, you know, maybe you want to take up that idea. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so can you tell us more about the story? Yeah. So meet Pog Lumpkin of the Burrows to the north before the far reaches, keeper of the necessary, guardian against the dark. Pog is of the first folk, a tiny little hairy peoples who are tasked with a great burden to keep the necessary, which just happens to be in an old house which grieving Penny and David and their dad have come to inhabit. The loss of their mum has driven them to seek solace in the family house in the forest. Pog is an endearing little fella with a noble task. He must keep the necessary in place or the monsters will return. Monsters that killed his grandfather, but not without a fight. Penny and David do their best to start their new life, but grief is a force of its own, and it turns out the monsters on the other side of the necessary crave it. They eat pain, hollowing out the beings it inhabits, and David and Penny 
have enough to feed an army. When David stumbles upon a strange tree in the forest, little does he know that more pain than he could ever imagine is coming. He and his sister will have to trust the last person they ever thought possible. The secret of how to close the necessary lies in Pog, but he can't remember how. Wow, that sounds just so creative. Oh, this, oh, I'm going to go straight to overall enjoyment. Yeah. Um, this was an exquisite book. It was a little bit of Tolkien's Hobbiton crossed with um, Holly Black's The Spiderwick Chronicles, if that means anything to you. Um, I loved it. I was drawn into Pog's Quest from the first page and, of course, Penny and David's pain was felt through the pages with many a tear shed along the way. Now, the cover is glorious and the internals are sectioned off into five parts, each with a black and white sketch to delineate. Now, I think I've been a bit spoiled with books like The Spiderwick Chronicles where the pages are enhanced with black and white illustrations and I just craved a picture of Pog when I was reading this. I kept hoping Mm. and hoping there would be a Pog picture somewhere. But I guess in the end, Pog is whatever you conjure him to be in your mind. So it wasn't really necessary, uh, but I just wanted it all the more. Interesting. In a book with illustrations, didn't illustrate one of the main characters. Well, um, when I say illustrations, it's it was more chapter. Um, what do they they called it? Something um, sections like mm. parts. That's what it was. Parts. So they illustrated a beautiful page in each, each part, um, and it was really just a nature setting. Right. But I just kept thinking, oh, it's it's coming soon. We're going to see Pog. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> maybe they will listen to our podcast and in a future um, publication. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe put him on the cover or something, change the cover yeah. illustration. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's unnecessary because, I mean, the whole mm. point of uh, children's fiction is that children conjure their own picture of what, yeah. you know, the the main character is. But Well, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, um, you know, The Hobbit, you spoke of The Hobbit, and that's been out for years and years and years, and that was <clears> – <throat> I don't, don't think the original versions of that were published. It's only lately that they – I mean, sorry, were illustrated. And I think it's only no. They started illustrating them, and now, you know, because of the movies, we all know what the Hobbit looks like. But oh, exactly. When I first read it; it was what was in my head, and it was the same with Harry Potter. You know, it was what was in my head, and now, you know, Harry Potter is Daniel Radcliffe. You can't really separate the yes, two. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, I, well, I, it's also <clears throat> the same with the Spiderwick Chronicles because I mean they are so graphically driven and. Um, I don't even know whether the movie came out before the book, actually. they I, I'm going to say it may have actually driven the book to be published. But anyway. So um, yeah. this is definitely up your alley and Giselle was interested. So who else do you think would love this book? What age group? Yeah, I'm going to say definitely eight um, plus, eight to 12. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were there were real themes of grief and loss and, um, courage and so it was definitely a book that will um, be treasured but might you know be more appropriate for maybe the older kids so not really for reluctant readers then I guess no um, as a read to yourself this would be for confident readers but I tell you what 
if you read this as a read aloud to your kids, and I think your boys would love mm, this, they, yeah. I certainly would. I think it would draw in a reluctant reader. Um, it, it's just so heartfelt and searingly honest and fantastical, and I loved it from cover to cover. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, so get your hands on Pog. Yeah, might have to borrow it off you. (laughs) Well, that is the um, end of our 15th episode Mm. and stay tuned. See you next time. We're having a ball over here at Middle Grade Mavens and can't wait to bring you more reviews and interviews. Next up, Pamela reviews Juno Jones by Kate Gordon, illustrated by Sandy Flett. And Julie reviews Judy Moody and the Royal Tea Party by Megan McDonald. If you'd like to know more about the Mavens, log on to middlegradepodcast.com or to find Julie online, drop by julieangrassobooks.com and to find Pamela, stop by www.ueckermann.net.